Welcome, everybody, to Out of Our League, Opinions from the Bleachers, our podcast where we talk about sports takes, sports opinions, and sports facts from two guys who peaked in intramurals and have no business having opinions on these facts. I'm Greg. I'm David. And today we're going to be talking about just a variety of firsts for this podcast. First, we're going to hit into quite possibly the greatest Netflix show ever created. <laughs> and David's welcome to laugh, but it's excellent. We're also, we're also going to have a first in that David and I are not going to agree, folks. We are going to fight over a very, very near and dear topic to my heart. We actually have actual sports news for this week. We have new things to talk about, folks. It is going to be an excellent episode. So Greg texted me this week, middle of the week, and said, David, I have a topic we have to talk about to start off episode three of our podcast. And it's a new show on Netflix called The Floor is Lava. Lava! (laughs) And I turned it on, and about 30 seconds into episode one, I was like, wow, this show has the same budget of my high school theater's lowest budgeted performance of the year. And I bet every one of your high school theater productions were amazing. <laughs> were just as fun and amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, The Floor is Lava is my brand new obsession. I don't <laughs> understand why it has not been award winning at this point. I think it should Already. pull down. I think it should pull down. Honestly, let's give it an Oscar. Let's give Rutledge Wood an Oscar for this I think show. The legend, of Rutledge Wood. The legend the himself, who Go I ahead. do, I do want to get really quickly into who Rutledge Wood is because I don't know. In fact, let's just go ahead and do that. Who is Rutledge Wood, the host Rutledge of Wood, The Forest Lava? You're absolutely A-list celebrity over <laughs> C-list celebrity John Lovitz. Oh, Rutledge yeah, Wood was on Top Gear, American Top Gear, for many, many seasons when I was a kid, mm. about eight to ten years ago. It had more than one season? It had like six seasons. American Top Gear is truly terrible. I love that's, American that's, Top Gear. That's, it's consens- absurd, ridiculous. that's consensus. Like, British no, Top no. Gear is Top Gear. That's British why Top you Gear ha- is better. That's why you have to say American Top Gear. <laughs> that's right, because you can't just say Top Gear. You can't say Top Gear. He was uh, one of the three guys who hosted that. He's also an amateur racer, and then he's... Probably other than that, known for it, he doesn't commentate, but he covers the uh, Kentucky Derby for ESPN. Similar to what Rob Riggle does for the NFL? Pretty much, yeah. Similar? Like, never commentating, but just says some things? He's there. Uh, Kentucky Derby, of course, is a whole event, so he's there. Like, what's the craziest hat? What's the most expensive ball of wine I've had while I'm here? Like, how's the atmosphere down there? You've watched this for some reason your entire life. Is it <laughs> just like it is every year, or is it different? My God. Okay. So Rutledge Wood, true A-list celebrity, is the, host, right. is the host of The Floor is Lava. So real quick, just for people that haven't, if you're living under a rock, I guess you <laughs> haven't seen this show. I, I can't stress this enough. This show is holding up Netflix at the moment. <laughs> I don't care about Tiger King. I don't care about insert Jeffrey other Epstein. Netflix show. Sure. The Floor is Lava. In fact, Netflix should just change its title. Anyway. <laughs> So this is how this this is how this amazing show works. Oh my god. <laughs> a team of 2 to 3 people enters a room. The floor is lava. And when I say the floor is lava, I'm talking I think they they say the number over and over and over. It's like 80,000 gallons it's of this of this god awful orange bubbling liquid. They had and, enough budget to dye it a great color and to put LED lights to shine it. Yeah, they did. 
And then <laughs> throughout this boiling lava filled room, which are, actually is hot, by the way, it is hot. They do say it's hot throughout this boiling room. There are themed pieces of furniture, rocks, anything that fits the theme of whatever room you are currently in that the contestants have to find a way to hop on to avoid sinking in the lava and make it out the exit across the room. And essentially, depending on what room you're in, say it's the bedroom, for example, there may be some chairs to jump on. Or a spin- spinning bed. A spinning <laughs> bed that, honestly, that in and of itself, like, would make me just fall out. Like, I can't, I can't. People did not look stable on that spinning bed. Oh, no, but also there's this urge within people to hold on to the spinning bed, not to get off it. I don't understand why they like, they like get on the bed and it's spinning and then moving around on the bed. I'm like, just pick a spot and wait. The wool will come to you. Just, just hang on, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's exactly, exactly right. So, uh, so you have these pieces. There are also added bonuses or detriments, depending on the episode that you're watching, uh, that you can trigger parts of the room to make other parts either easier or harder. You just don't know. So, for yep. example, uh, there's one room that has a red button that if you make it over and press it, Sometimes it brings in a bridge that you can use to easily cross the room. Sometimes yep. it makes the bridge disappear for some freaking reason, <laughs> but they don't tell you what anything does. You just got to make it happen. And at the end of it all, there is a set of two stairs floating in the lava that continuously sink while you're in there. So you can't just take 20 years to do this. And if they go away, then you have to leap over. And essentially, for every person that makes it to the end, you get a point. For every person that goes in, you lose a point. And then uh, if there's a tie... Uh, between multiple teams, the fastest ones to get that many people through the door are the winner. Yep. I don't understand what's not clicking in your head. This is I excellent. Just, <laughs> it's I watched it, and the budget's one thing. I love Rutledge Wood, so he's not even a hang-up for me because I think he's funny. And whoever feeds him his lines, like his scripted lines, are not good. They're not as bad as the interview that they that whatever lines the producer is giving the contestants, like the pre the pre-game interview. It is pitiful. It is cringy and hard to watch. Yeah, I, so I've been thinking about that a little bit with uh, my wife, producer Becca, mainly because it is so cringy, right? And yep. you, you don't understand why like these people are talking about the fact that they all work at Target together. Like, who cares, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? But essentially what we have come up with, because if you notice, even the people that go in the lava are completely dry. Their clothes look fine whenever they're doing their losing speeches. and they're, uh, oh, yeah, they're it's com- true. And they're even the people that went in are completely dry and look the same when they're doing their walkouts. We are 95% sure that they just film each of these groups as an introduction. Oh no. Uh, they each film a winning segment with Rutledge Wood oh. and they each film a losing segment and then they go into the room. I hate so to talk about that. That's why it's so cringy because it's awkward. You're you're hiring people that aren't actors to like probably repeat themselves nine or ten times. Oh gosh. But getting into what's good about this show <laughs> everything else well it's, also- it's weird I, I started watching it and I, I, halfway in the first episode i was like you know like this really show it really isn't doing it for me coming from holy moly which is the king of these shows mm. it's prime time you got joe Tessitore, you got real people who know how to use graphics you got you know, <laughs> season two you got the huge budget for the amazing and i, I won't knock them on the scale of the room because it is their first you know season on netflix sure but, Coming from that, the production value is a step down. You can tell that they're trying to find their groove on the show, like the rhythm oh, yeah. they want to do. People get throughout hard and make everything. Because some of the rooms are like dumb easy, and some are like 
jump this eight foot gap over hot lava onto a slippery flat table. <laughs> Everything you about what you just said makes me like this show even more. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't make it clear enough. <laughs> Watching grown ass adults belly flop and face bounce off of tables and rocks is and, excellent because I, I really I've got to get into this because I, I just yeah, have but, to say it. what about jumping from one small piece to another makes people want to flying squirrel onto it <laughs> instead of just landing on your feet like a freaking adult if I was out in the world and I, they said oh my god please jump over that I would never even halfway consider <laughs> flopping onto my stomach what and I'm gonna use okay. all four limbs to grab onto it <laughs> like you look like the biggest goof like look I get it I get it apparently it's successful in some way but it looks just I don't know man it just <laughs> it looks so goofy and I can't tell I can't stress this enough how much money I would pay to be able to go into that room and try it So, David, this is a very exciting day. Do you know why? Oh, I know why. Because we get to talk about actual sports news Woo! for the first time in I, – I don't even know. How long has COVID been happening? Months. <laughs> Several months. Several months. Current uh, sports news. Current sports news that uh, – one of which – I think the, the headline that showed up in the past couple of days is, uh, is a touchy subject, even among the two of us <laughs> who tend to agree – so we're going to talk about Cam Newton, former MVP of the Carolina Panthers, signing with the hated New England Patriots. Yep. It's a very uh, – to me, it was unpatriot-like, really, to sign a guy who's like that, but then it's a hell of a signing. Okay, when you say like that, let's get into it really fast. <laughs> so when you say that, do you mean someone who literally has made a career and a living off of having the largest ego in this country? <laughs> and I say that in reference to so many narcissistic people <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that are in our daily news cycle every single day. Yeah, he's got a huge ego. He's got a big-ass arm. Oh, no, he's got a cannon. He's got a cannon. He's really, really good at overthrowing his six-foot-six receivers. Amazing like, at it. <laughs> the man who found one really, really good season when he had a defense that was number two in the league, I think, in scoring that year. Uh, yep. And don't get me wrong, he had a great year that year. But he other did. than that, the only stat I need to know is 52.9%, which is his completion percentage over the course of a couple of years before he got hurt. And I'm sorry, I have zero faith in this guy. I know well, so, that you're... Go ahead. So going into <laughs> our way too early predictions, if you recall, I had the Patriots winning the division already. You had the uh -huh. Bills. Does uh -huh. this sway you at all? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I, it, I feel totally good about it because he's basically got – what has he got? An amazing defense again. Sure. He's got no receivers to throw the ball to whatsoever. So his it won't be his fault when he overthrows people. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but his best receiver is Julian Edelman, who barely hit six feet tall. Cam Newton's going to have to learn how to throw closer to the ground. Well, you know, it's going to be interesting because their offense is so, like, two-step drop, hit the guy at perfect timing, all these things that they can't get in with COVID. I would be suspicious that he, if he doesn't change the offense for Cam Newton, like he does to his opponents every week on the defensive end. He's got to change it. 
it, okay, so in all seriousness, outside of shaming Cam Newton, I know the man is a physical <laughs> beast when he's healthy. Uh, I know that he has a monstrous arm when he's healthy. He's uh, the best version he, of a mobile quarterback, I think, ever in the NFL. Oh, he's done yeah. the best of all of them. It's Because it, he's, he's a monster. It's kind of hard not to be when you're built like a linebacker. Well, I'm not saying that's a huge bar, but I mean – of all the truly mobile quarterbacks, he's been the best, I think. Sure. But uh, once again, he has succumbed to exactly what mobile quarterbacks do, which is getting hurt. And when they get yep. hurt, they can't rely on just basic fundamentals to get him through. When Brady tore his ACL so many odd years ago and Matt Castle yeah, took no, over for the no year, loss at all. didn't matter because Brady doesn't rely on moving. Cam has to be able to move. And honestly, I kind of blame Carolina for that. They could have built an offensive line for Jimmy, for Jimmy Clausen the year before he got drafted and let Jimmy just get manhandled all season. And guess where he went after that? I don't remember either. I think it was Cleveland. Uh, yeah, nowhere. It, it, I think he went to quarterback purgatory, which is Cleveland. Cleveland's uh, in Ohio. <laughs> but instead of building an offensive line and protecting their quarterback, they got the biggest, fastest quarterback they could and said, to hell with it, he'll run away from everybody. That's and right. Yeah, he did for a lot of he did for several seasons, and he, he turned it an MVP season. They went fifteen and one. Who was the one lost to the Atlanta Falcons? I'm just oh, saying, <laughs> but he he is a physical specimen. I blame Carolina for not taking care of him. And, well, I think though the the Patriots have a good offensive line returning, not like the best ever, but a good one, a strong one. He yeah. has, I mean, Ron Rivera is a great coach, but to go from any coach to Bill Belichick, maybe like Mike Tomlin's the gap there, the to bridge the gap. You're upgrading. But, I mean, he's going to a great coach. I can say he's going to have another great defense. Because you mm -hmm. saw it with – they went like 9-0 last year to start the season with Tom Brady, for God's sake. I, I have – like I said, I already had the Pats win the division off of Belichick Faith alone and Jared Stidham. So, I think this is locked the division for them. The new buy system hurts them because they're, they're probably not going to get a buy in the AFC with the Ravens and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs over there. Because there's only one buy team now. True. Uh, but true. I think they're definitely the playoffs – I had the Steelers as kind of my, like, out there pick to the AFC, AFC Championship game. I still think I would pick them over the Patriots. So it hasn't moved the needle too much, but they're definitely a way more solid pick. Like, there's no one anymore thinking, okay, well, they're definitely in the playoffs. So there's no way. Sure. Uh, for me, my biggest question is what Cam Newton are we getting under center for Bill Belichick? Right. Like, are, are we getting MVP Cam, who I don't think so. was able to move? Are we getting the Cam that played one preseason game and got hurt against the New England Patriots last year? And then I think he may have played in one regular season game. It, the, the man hasn't seen the field because he's been so hurt, whether it be his ankle or shoulder or whatever. So uh, well, it's, when, it, it's hard to say. You know? When he came back from his big injury, he came back and was throwing the ball closer to, much closer to 60% completion percentage on the season he was back after the Super Bowl, after the injury. Yep. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because, like, like I said, I think all the points that are against him in Carolina are all going to be much more for him other than he's got no targets to throw the ball to at all. You got Edelman. I mean. He's going he's gonna to suffer uh, again. But I want to point out the, where this does come into being an absolute Patriots move is that if he plays well and the Patriots don't resign him, which I'm not sure if they will, I'm not sure they won't, but if he signs somewhere else, the Patriots will get a third-round pick for the next season. And earlier this week, they lost a third-round pick for violating rules for the umpteenth time. That's the yeah. only part where I say, this is, like, this is where the Patriots were sitting. Oh, easy money. Better bet minimum. Get him in here. Give Belichick credit, man. He goes from 
being one of the largest cheaters in the NFL to being able to cover up for said cheating in the same day. He's impressive, man. He has a cover up. He says, we're cheating. You guys won't punish <laughs> us. Come get us. He said, we, we'll keep winning until you guys figure out that you need to either punish us or catch up to what we're doing. That's They've been cheating. And literally, like, when they had the whole – I can't remember what the, what the first gate was called, but the, when they taped all, all the teams. Spygate. They did it in Spygate. They came back and did the same thing, like, for this Spygate, and they're just, like, gave the same excuses that they gave the first time. And oh, like, we, didn't, we didn't know. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we didn't know. I was gonna, just recording gonna, something. I'm going to sign Cam Newton and recoup that really fast. Oh, my gosh. This is ridiculous. I do have a bet that I want to put out for you right now. How soon until Cam gets Belichick to wear one of his fedoras in a press conference? <laughs> I don't know. He's got to start winning some games. He's got to uh, win games first. I'm just saying, if he pulls down a Super Bowl and makes Belichick look like a genius over Tom Brady, uh, I think Belichick should respond by wearing one of Cam Newton's outfits. I think that would be worthy. That would be a worthy goal for Cam to have. Because <laughs> you know Belichick is pissed off of this whole thing. Like, basically, I wouldn't suck up to Tom Brady. So he left. And so I, I can see him being like, you know what? I'll stick it right back to him. I was like, we can have fun over here. I can wear a fedora for the Super Bowl. <laughs> you don't need to be in Tampa for that. Uh, speaking of his fedoras, uh, brief side note, Cam Newton has his own personal haberdasher on retain. Uh, it is truly impressive the level in which this man goes for his style. Uh, whether or not you agree with it, the effort is there. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I like the other thing that happened was the Panthers quarterback goes to the Patriots with Cam Newton. The Patriots quarterback, Tom Brady, goes to the Bucks. The Bucks quarterback goes to the Saints. The Saints male quarterback goes to the Panthers and completes the cycle. Completes the cycle. Somehow, some way, Bill Belichick found his way to replace Atlanta in the NFC South uh, in, in this carousel. <laughs> I just uh, – it, it, it ruins my day because it's like, you know what? I was like, with Cam Newton and the coaching and the defense, it's like I find it very hard to believe that they're not going to be – they'll probably be favored now. I, I said the Bills will be favored coming in. Uh, they're gonna be favorite coming out. People haven't won the Super Bowl, which I think is a little bit absurd. But I have two words to that, and this is where I'm gonna leave this topic: Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia, baby. The Bills. the Bills are going all the way to lose to Atlanta in the Super Bowl. I've already said it. It's gonna happen. <laughs> you know, I want to bring this up too. Your future Super Bowl appearing quarterback, Josh Allen. This man, I brought this up earlier this week. He has not thrown for 300 yards in one single game in his short career. And that's your Super Bowl MVP there. Until right now, baby. Until this season <laughs> when he rockets to the moon. <laughs> Until this man becomes a sub-MVP material quarterback. <laughs> right. Okay, Greg. So we had a lot of talk recently about adding new federal holidays, but – one holiday, July 1st. Have you ever heard of Bobby Vanilla Day? No. It's <laughs> the best way to this, put it, just no. This is for all the Mets fans out there. Just, uh, they're going to love this. Great. So all Bobby, cool. Bobby Vanilla Day. He last played for the Mets in 2001. Okay. But every day on July 1st until 2035, the Mets are going to pay him $1.14 million. I'm sorry. Did you just say every single year they no, are going 2035? They are going to pay him over a million dollars. That's correct. Why? So 
this brought up another topic about in sports, you can have a deferred contract. So if the team doesn't want to pay you now in baseball, to me, this makes no sense because there's no salary cap, but in every sport you can defer your contract and be paid after you retire and just get paid by the team the rest of your an agreed amount. Holy crap. That is brilliant. I know that's, that's amazing. So, so basically you're not going to be a Mike Tyson, for example, who makes crap tons of money, buys tigers and all kinds of ridiculous crap and goes bankrupt before you, uh, you know, even hit the age in which you can enjoy your money. You can That's defer right. this crap out and get paid for years and years and years by a crap organization that frankly, yep. <laughs> now, okay, so there's no salary cap though, right? In baseball, there's not. I don't believe so. Okay, that, that makes more sense. I was like, how does that affect the cap though? Okay, but that, okay. Well, it does. Bob Anella will be collecting his final $1.14 million check, and he'll be 71 years old. What has he been doing this entire time? <laughs> Collecting <laughs> checks and having a good time, I guess. <laughs> but okay. this brings up, Greg, I'm glad you asked. Do other players <laughs> in other sports have this happen to them? No, of course You betcha they do. No, God, Why? <laughs> Kevin Garnett, retired in 2016. The Celtics owe him $5 million a year until the end of next season. Darren Williams has made $15,000 a day for the last five years. Is it just basketball? Is it just baseball? I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. Ryan Zimmerman, who's a pitcher for the Nationals, go Nats, is getting $10 million a year for the five years after he retires from the Nationals. Oh my God, I wish I was better at sports. Man, I wish I was better at sports. This goes to show that teams, and especially the NBA, will do whatever they can to stretch out that salary cap cap as far as they possibly can. Because if Kevin Garnett is still making money, (laughs) five million a year. Whoa! My my favorite one is Ichiro Mm -hmm. for for the Mariners. Mm -hmm. He gets. $25 $25 million at a 5.5% interest rate over until at least 2032. <laughs> When's the last time Itro was on a team even? I think he was on the, 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 I think he was on the Yankees last. I was going to say the Yankees. I'm pulling like that out of my years ass. years ago. So. What, you, what you've showed me today is that in the future when I have a kid, I'm going to make them become a star athlete and then refuse to let them have their money until they're old. So they're so, so their futures are secure. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's that's what I'm hearing. But okay. I think uh, the last one God. was that the other team that I found that did this, although the sport was hockey, has also done it for the Islanders. They're paying Rick DePetro. Rick DePetro retired in 2013. He gets one and a half million dollars a year until 2029. All right. There I is mean, there's a list of people. It's great. I like yeah. sports is so creative to get these guys their money. I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. I love I love the fact that I'm seeing NBA teams do it just to get away from the salary cap or the luxury tax, I guess, is the, the but it's, Yeah, it's kind of a soft cap. I'm surprised NFL teams don't do it because they have a hard cap. It would benefit them more, you would think. I guess they're making less money, though. My goodness. Like, the Falcons have been paying somebody on – I can't remember who it was. I think they're finally done paying him. It was a defensive lineman, I believe. But they yep. were paying him for, like, four or five years after he was gone because of the way they structured his contract and then dropped him. I can That's only crazy. imagine how bad with Thomas Dimitrov leading this organization. We will be paying Matt Ryan until, like, year 3000 for some reason. I don't know why. But, you know, I, I just – I wouldn't <laughs> – I don't want to see it move to the NFL because we would take too much of advantage of that. Oh, my gosh. But, anyway, I loved it. I think that's – 
one of my favorite days of the year now, only because it inspired me to find all these people. That happens all the time. Not should, uncommon. Should we get Nets jerseys? Like, is that, is that the, Mets. <laughs> the Mets jerseys? I'm sorry. Yeah. Should we get, should we, should we, we should get, get some Bobby Vanilla jerseys? jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, this is another first for our podcast. We, get to, we got to talk about sports news for the first time today, but now we get to disagree, my man, for the, for <laughs> yep. the first time. We are going to talk about the benefits, the negatives, the pros, and the cons of football overtimes. That's right. And I am so, so, so polarized to one option <laughs> that it is not even halfway funny. I think, I think I've got a pretty good argument for mine. I, really, I, I was thinking about it like, you know what? I really do. I really think that the NFL overtime is better. That, that's, so what we're, what we're going to get at, David's already taken a shot at me, but what we're <laughs> going to get at is what's better, college football overtime, pro football overtime. Uh, real quick recap, the pros basically run another quarter where the, uh, the first team to score wins if it's a touchdown. Right. If the first team that receives the possession, based on a coin toss, right. picks a field goal, the other team is given a chance to respond. And if they score, they win. If they kick a field goal, they continue going. And if they don't score, the team that kicked the field goal wins. That's right. So I want to go ahead and stop right there, Greg, and see how that's the end of the explanation <laughs> for the NFL overtime. Let me explain the college <laughs> overtime rules, okay? So Okay. You're, you're, you're tied, you go into overtime. So what you're going to do, as any natural thinking person would do in any sport, you're going to put the ball on the 25-yard line and take turns going for, you have a first down, you're anything normal, you play a normal game, and you try to score a touchdown. Then the other team puts the ball on the 25-yard line, and they try to go 25 yards, and they try to score the same way. If you tie, you keep going to another overtime, you do it again. Now, after your second overtime, Starting your third overtime, you must then go for two after scoring. Okay, that sounds simple enough. Well, how about after your fourth overtime, going into your fifth overtime, you only go for two. You don't keep doing the same format. You only go from the two-yard line and try to score and alternate doing that, which is great. But, oh, my gosh, it's like it's a mouthful. They, they, like they put the rules up and they're like, let me get a scroll bar on the side to make sure I know exactly what's going to happen. Everything you just said was perfect to me in every <laughs> single way. <laughs> I appreciate the entertainment value of it. Don't get me wrong. So, okay, I'm going to hit you with my point as to why NFL overtime doesn't work. Okay. Plain and simple. The AFC championship game two years ago. That's exactly what I was thinking. Patrick Mahomes was never given the opportunity to match Tom Brady. That and is I, the biggest flaw with the with the NFL overtime. <laughs> and and I could go on and on. I could talk about the fact that the Falcons who blew a twenty five point lead were never given the option in the in overtime with the Super Bowl to match Tom Brady. People yep. can people can argue and say that the Patriots were the better team at that point. They certainly were. I can't argue that in the slightest. But what I will say is it really, really hurts to not see your MVP quarterback get a chance to go out there and support and win the darn game for his team because of a coin toss. And it really stinks, too, with knowing in both the Mahomes case and the Ryan case, you have these historically great offenses. Yeah. Like, you're sitting there going, 
they won the coin toss, they're going to win. Because whoever gets is going to score, regardless yeah. if it's the Falcons, if it's the Chiefs, the Patriots. Though I will say, at that point, I was totally convinced that the Falcons were not going to move the ball an inch well, against, you're right. they, they, against they the New England yeah. defense. It was – that game went from – I don't want to get into it. No, no we're, not, we're, not, we're not doing that right now. <laughs> I don't want to get mad, and I don't want to cry. I don't want to do any of that stuff. So that's my biggest argument against pro overtime is exactly what it is. It's a coin toss. And you can throw all these BS stupid stats at me that, oh, only the team that wins a coin toss wins 51% of the time versus 49. That's still 1%. <laughs> and, that, and that still took – and also I don't believe that crap. But also it took away some historic battles that could have happened. Watching yeah. Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady battle it out that year would have been way more fun than just seeing Tom Brady end it. Well, it feels more fair if you don't think about the college overtime. My problem with the college overtime is typically you get teams both scoring a ton. So you're going to a couple over. Frequently, you're getting to the third overtime rule, which is that you have to go for two more often than not because so many offenses are starting close at scoring. To me, my big problem with it is so the game ends and you have a commercial break. So then you do the first team goes, commercial break. Next team goes, commercial break. So now we're an hour in. Start the oh. overtime. I feel like the team that wins the college overtime has won a totally different game than football, which is what we were playing, because most of these other sports overtimes are just extending the period. Yeah, I can see that. It's, you're, you're talking about a red zone shootout, basically. Right, and, which is which, very entertaining. Don't get me wrong. And certainly. And I will actually go on a limb and say that it is a totally different game because – passing the ball on your own 20 yard line totally you've different. got you've got 80 yards to chuck it man once you get down in the red zone you're cramped like yeah the, de- you know, the defense gets to use that end line there's no defender and i don't know why i'm arguing for college playoffs to go to the pros because atlanta has historically <laughs> one of the worst red zone offenses I've ever, you know, <laughs> right. I, I, I don't have anything for that but i there is something to be said about giving both sides a chance to go at it and I think that that's why I definitely support the addition of the field goal rule. It's unfortunate that, I don't know, it just seems like, it just, it seems, it just seems complicated. I think it goes on forever. I will say my favorite overtime actually in all sports is the NHL overtime. Have you, mm-hmm. Do you know what the rules are for the NHL overtime? We've been to one hockey game in person, and it was amazing. The only thing I know about is shootouts, which is the – coolest thing in the world but does that even happen in nhl like <laughs> no well it happens in the playoffs if you're tied after the overtime so the overtime period is another five minutes just like basketball you get an extra five minutes okay. they drop it from 5v5 to 3v3 and they do first goal wins but okay. unlike football obviously in hockey everyone gets a fair shot there's a face off sure in basketball there's a tip off everyone gets a, you know you can do back and forth a little bit that's my favorite because we were at the game where the guy hit it at the end and you're like you're tense for the whole five minutes, and you're like, oh, shit, it's over. Like, all of a sudden, the game is over. It gets you with college football is it just seems like it goes on forever, and they have to keep adding these rules. We were watching a game a couple years ago, and it's, it turned out to be the highest-scoring college football game ever at 72 to 74 with mm. seven overtimes. Sounds like my NCAA football video game scores. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about it that gets me that just – it goes on for so long that it's almost like playing a whole other game. Oh, yeah. I, I totally understand that. And it sucks to be on the losing end of it. Trust me. Well, either uh, way, it's just bad. I'm a Davidson College alum. We don't even generally get to see overtime. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I, I, I say with a little bit of joke and a lot of hurt, but also 
you know, they, they've gotten better. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. They, they've gotten better. They did, oh, set yeah. an, they did set an NCAA record, by the way. Well, for, what was uh, the record? Most rushing yards in a game. Don't quote me, but it, they ran for like four or 500 yards or some crap like wow. that in one game. It was really – now, every time you look at the stat lines, I, I swear to God, they throw the ball five times a game. So <laughs> it's, like, like, it's like watching the uh, Army-Navy game. Oh, it's – yeah, pretty, pretty spot on. <laughs> uh, but that was, uh, that was two years ago, I think, when they set the record. And then uh, they, they, they were scoring like crazy there for a minute. Shout out to the Davidson Wildcats uh, football <laughs> – Division three football program yeah, right. where Georgetown is the biggest game of the year. <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking on it, right? And I understand why you can't just let people you – do, you don't want a football game to just go another quarter, right? Right. Like after a, while, yeah. after a while, you're like, man, these guys are getting abused. Well, even in the NFL, they have a strange number of ties now because the game goes off for another 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and, they're like, and there's like nothing happens, mm-hmm. and no one, no one can score anything. A tie actually I, is what got uh, Carolina in the playoffs over Atlanta a few years ago, which was just heartbreaking. That's yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're, they're both entertaining, and the College Bowl one is definitely more entertaining, and it feels more like. But you know what? My team got a chance to actually go out there, even if we lost, got a chance to go out there as opposed to. I don't know. What What do you think about? Maybe they just change the playoff overtime rules in the NFL, tweak them in some way to give both teams a chance, or do we just get too complicated? No, I think I honestly love that idea because that's what hurts so much about seeing these playoff teams. It's a high, at least early in the season game, you can just be like, you know what, we'll make the playoffs, we'll get them back at the end. And uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to trash the, uh, the Saints really fast. At least when we lose in overtime, uh, we don't sue the NFL because a bad call happened. It's uh, trying to change the entire rules. <laughs> and, made change, and we didn't change the rules because of that. Look, I know. We all saw it was pass interference. You had a chance to win. Drew Brees threw an interception because he's, like, older than the Crypt Keeper. Shut up. <laughs> We're moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out here throwing darts, man. Uh, <laughs> Unlike Drew Brees. Oh, uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So, but you think about like the NBA overtime, for example, right? Yep. You, you just get to play again. Like, and that's fine. Like, just keep going. And yep. honestly, that can push for another four hours if you're doing it right. I if mean, you're like, the triple overtime for 140 <laughs> points, it definitely can. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like, me personally, I, I get that it gets convoluted. I think you're, I think you're on to something with switching it just for the playoffs, though. I, At least making it. The coin toss is the problem because, like, you, you get to eliminate the coin toss in some way, right? Dude, fistfights. I mean, just, <laughs> just, just, just let Matt Ryan and Tom Brady just slug each other hockey style. <laughs> First one to hit the turf loses the ball. Hear me, then, hear me out, Greg. Hear me out, Greg. You get each team's starting kicker and punter, and you do a chicken fight to see who gets the ball first. <laughs> Actually, can you imagine just making them play out of position for, like, a couple of plays or something yeah. like that? Like, make Tom Brady kick a 35-yard field goal to win. Yeah, right. Or, we just see. I mean, that, that's when you would get, like, a Muhammad Sanu or an Ocho Cinco, who these weird guys who are good at everything, not just being yeah. a receiver. Well, the Odell's would, that way too, right? Yeah, you just start loading up on all these guys. But I don't know. I, I, I really think we're on to something here with this fist fighting. Uh, I think that – Some kind of I fight. Think, yeah, like, or let's just pull, like, a random number out of a hat. Like, number two is going to go up against number 61. Like, an offensive <laughs> lineman just comes walking out, like, ready to deck your quarterback. I don't know, man. There's, maybe, you know. Maybe you just do a kickoff old school where they can do the run-up, and whichever team has less concussions gets the ball first. <laughs> <laughs> God, that, that just took me down the path of, like, all right, let's take the pads away, man. <laughs> 
Leatherheads like how, today. Like how a few minutes ago we're talking about, it's a little bit dangerous for them to just keep playing football. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, read the pads off and start running full speed 100 <laughs> yards. That's how you should decide it. <laughs> oh, man. Or, oh, man. Oh, no, no, no. I, okay. Hear me out. Head coach fist fight. I'd love to see Belichick come out swinging, you know? Like, <laughs> you, you, is he going to be, like, recording other coaches in practice, like, working on the body bag? Or like, shadow boxing? <laughs> Bill Belichick, he was a pretty hard life. He rolls out from under that car and that tore up sweatshirt before every game. I don't think he can get out there and put up a good fight up. That's that's pretty true. But no, I don't know, man. The reason his sleeves are uh, the reason his sleeves are always off his hoodies because when he flexes, man, they just rip open. <laughs> this man is built and ready to go. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was that that went off the rails. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm curious, Greg. What did you have? What, if you look at do you look at playoff formats, what was your favorite playoff format as we have the NBA playoffs approaching? And you've oh, had we've had all kinds of cool proposals for for format for playoff formats. Have you seen the NHL has a way they're going to bring back twenty four teams and they're doing a mix of a round robin and a single elimination tournament? Do you want to talk about convoluted? Oh my god! <laughs> I I know so very little about hockey as we as you know as is, but I read that and then I had to go back and Google how actual hockey playoffs go just to like, is it always this weird? (laughs) No, No, no. it's not. They just went off the freaking rails that you can go after the NBA for being arbitrary with this, like so many games back. Yeah. Right. You know, whatever. This is just hellacious in my mind. The top four teams go round robin to figure out the seed. Meanwhile, the, the other seeds, yep. meanwhile, everybody else is beating the hell out of each other, trying to figure <laughs> out where they're going to end up in this tournament. And at the end of it all, like, does anyone have any teeth left? Like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm, you know, hockey is a brutal I, sport, man. Do they even wear mouthpieces? I fully support I, I think there's an argument to even make. They, they just wear fake teeth. They don't need, they don't need mouthpieces. That's I right. really think there's an argument to be made that the hockey one is simpler than the NBA one. Like, okay, we're going to come back, top four seeds, round robin, everyone else sing elimination, and let's get started. Then once you get out of the round robin, it's a normal 77-game series tournament. Yeah, I, I guess there is that. It's just they, they lost me at, like, <laughs> they lost me at everything else. I, I don't know. There's something to the NBA, just letting them play out a season, and they only do a play-in tournament if you have a tie. You know, I, I think that's, that's... – right. I, I think it's cool. I think when you think about the playoff format, too, it's actually really fair in how they're trying to give these teams a chance. They definitely had a shot, like Portland, the Pelicans, to run up to the eighth seed. I don't think the Suns and the Wizards should have come back in retrospect. Absolutely but not. But Maybe the know. math works out where to get eight games, you have to have 22 teams. I don't know, but I think it's cool. I think if there's a year to go for it and make it crazy and make it closer to like March Madness level craziness, I think this, the, the COVID pandemic is the year to do it. Okay, uh, that actually brings up something that I did want to get into, and I'm glad you, you triggered something in my head just now. Uh, they asked Ben Simmons if the championship team this year should have an asterisk next to their name in the history books okay. uh, because it's so weird, right? And the man had the best answer I have ever heard, which was, yeah, there should be an asterisk because this is the hardest season that anybody's had to play with. Are you kidding me? We're getting three months off where we can't go anywhere at home. <laughs> and then you middle. want us to come and then you want us to come back, leave our families, go to Disney World and play it out like months later. Are you kidding? Yep. Yes. Like so I, I, good for him, man. I, I, I'm not necessarily much of a 76ers fan because I don't like tanking like they do. But yeah. I will but I will say, like that answer. That, that hit me right in the gut. You I definitely see there could be an, a positive asterisk. Just like he said, like, this is a crazy year. It's not going to be an asterisk of, like, the lockout seasons have more of an argument to be an asterisk for the young uh, team and the old teams having an advantage. Yeah. 
the, the Charlotte Bobcats had the lowest winning percentage that year, not because they were the worst team. They were, don't get me wrong. They were, <laughs> but it's because they only played, was it like 29 games or some crap like Something that? Crazy. I, think it was like, I think it was 50 total. Like if you win, like, win the playoffs and all. Yeah. yeah but like, you know, of course, if you're, you know, if you're a suck team and then you only get to play a little bit before you get sent home, yeah, you're going to, you know, I think this is a year that everything can be settled in a fist fight. You know, it might be, it might be better for everybody. That's how we just tie the day together. No, in I fact, like... let's come up with a champion of champions, man. Let's take the Super Bowl winner, the finals winner, the NHL winner. Let's just let everyone just UFC style it to find out who's the best sport. I could just, I don't know why I'm imagining just Albert Hainsworth out there just like <laughs> fighting it out with these, with Steph Curry for those hey, years. Bakers. <laughs> oh, my boy Steph would go flying. Uh, <laughs> all right. No, it's interesting when you compare the playoff formats. You have the NBA and the NHL are both just like seven game series. And then you have the NFL who's single elimination the whole way. And then you have actually my favorite playoff format other than March Madness, which is like unanimously the best playoff format because it's like uh-huh. the most. I love March Madness. Do you not think that? Oh no, that's exactly what I. If you ask me, what's my favorite playoffs or what's my favorite postseason? It's March Madness, and why? Because you have no idea what's about to happen. US yep. USMC or whatever the crap they were put <laughs> the, down the, the golden retrievers baby. the golden retrievers put down the number one seed Virginia Cavaliers and then two and then one year later here comes Virginia with a freaking national title are you it. are you kidding me like I think Davidson made so much money on the fact that Steph Curry took them to what they to what he did in the and and it's just because of single elimination right well, they I sell mean, all the merchandise you got the, the notoriety goes way up of the school. I, Dude, I love it. And Davidson was a top 25 team to start the next year without Steph Curry. Now that's right. it, it ended immediately, yeah. but <laughs> this is how beautiful college basketball playoffs are. Anything can happen. Anybody can win. That's great. You get to see Zion versus taco fall. Yeah, uh, it's, and, and it's one of the basketball is one of those sports and baseball, college baseball is similarly this way. It's one of those sports where like as an ECU fan, there is a scenario, just like Davidson, where there's a dream scenario where they just pull it out and win the championship in college baseball or, or basketball that is not there in college football whatsoever. Well, you also have the fact that, you know, there are teams like USF, uh, for example, that can go undefeated and not even get a playoff bid Well, in right, UCF. Football. UCF, sorry, yeah, USF, what the hell? Anyway, uh, yeah, it, you have those teams that, you know, Hawaii years ago was undefeated and never even got a second look. I understand. I really, really, really understand when you look at strength of uh, schedule, when you look at the fact that, you know, the SEC teams are beating each other to death. Meanwhile, yeah. Clemson is playing. Cakewalking everybody. Like Duke and UNC, come on. Yeah. But that's what the playoff was supposed to prevent was a team going undefeated and not getting a chance to go for a title. Right, and it but still pro- hasn't helped it, really. The problem is, man, you can't turn it into a 64-team playoff. No, for- it's, it's the thing. Football prevents all those unique problems that you can't do. Yeah, it, it's mainly because you can, in basketball, you can play three times a week. If yep. you play three times a week in football, you're not going to have a team left by the end of the season. <laughs> no. I mean, you're just not. Like, Matt Ryan got stacked 50 times last year, 48 times, as, as I was corrected. I'm just saying, if you if you let him get hit that many times, three times a week, we don't have a quarterback anymore. No, there's no chance. So it it, it, it football does present the present the host of problems, and the issue is too, man. I don't think expanding the playoffs is going to solve it either. 
No, like, you you would have to expand it and then guarantee a non-power five slot. That's the like say like the best of the 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 group of the group of five. Those teams get to make it. Like one team from them gets a chance. And then someone's going to complain about the fact that that team took uh, Baylor's spot or uh, whatever. Baylor's spot or an Oklahoma spot or a Georgia spot or yep. some, you know, expanding the playoffs isn't going to work. It's just, it just comes down to that. And when you enter the season, knowing this is how it works, this is what's happening. And I, I yeah. hate it. I really do hate it. I don't personally like the playoff system in college football mainly because the national champion somehow pulls down two bowl wins that year. And that feels weird to me. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, you know, all I, of a sudden I, you've got a BCS national champion that was also a Rose bowl champion. That was also an ACC conference champion. Yeah. Right. But also the amount of bowl games in college football is just it's absurd. It's all, it's all money grabs for everywhere. Like who cares if you won the mighty key car care bowl folks. <laughs> the Idaho like, potato bowl. <laughs> yeah. We're talking like two 500 teams limping across the finish line <laughs> come on I, like i said it, outside of march madness which if you say you don't like march madness are you even a sports fan oh my god it's the, like, it's the, it's the greatest time you get a little four-day surgery so you can sit down and just watch the first weekend oh my goodness the <laughs> amount of times that i've sat over that bracket and thought that i was a genius just to have yeah. my world blown up on that first day oh man yeah, there's something special about basketball. Outside of the NBA, by the way, which I know is exactly how it needs to be, you get the best team winning. You really, yeah. really do. But it's kind of boring, man. I, I agree. And people will say it's fixed for that reason. Because, like, even in hockey where they have a seven-game series, you get these crazy upsets every year somehow. Oh, yeah. It's just a bunch of swings. You get that very rarely in the NBA. You well, get. because, like, you got teams like the Warriors, for example, a couple of years ago. Draymond Green openly admitted that dude wasn't in shape until, like, 10 games before the playoffs because yep. they knew they were going, because yep. they knew they could coast in. I don't think – Jack's been that way also, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the finals are fixed. I think it's the fact that you let super teams happen. Well, and, yeah. You know, you, you can, and you can ride a, a jogging Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, gig to 50 yeah, through the season wins. easy easy wins yeah yeah i mean yeah I, I don't buy the fix thing though i do if i want to put on my tinfoil hat do truly believe the super bowl was fixed for a few years <laughs> but uh but I, I don't know that that's uh i don't know that that's a now thing you want to talk about our super team here right here on this podcast i think we should bring becca in for this week's term of the week it's a doozy i can't wait to give it to her Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. <laughs> hello, hello. We're going to give her, I'm really excited about this term. I think. You're always excited the, about the term. This is the week <laughs> she's going to nail it. And again, always convinced that this is the week. <laughs> That's right. I really think. That you just this have one, high faith in me. It explains itself, I think. I think there's no complications oh with this term. <laughs> okay, Becca, are you uh -huh. ready? I'm ready to no. see Greg's face when we say this too. Your term this week is dropping a dime. There is no uh, way in God's green earth that she is going to know what this means. Do you have a sports, a sport idea? Do you have any ideas? Um, no. I am <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go with baseball. You go with that. Or your heart was. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's not baseball. 
It is not. It's a couple of sports you could argue for, and you baseball could, you, is just not one of them. Of you can make an argument that this term would be in a couple of sports. Okay. Um, okay. So we're going to go with, okay. If it can be used for a couple of sports, a dime <laughs> is like a tin, which is like lingo for good stuff. So <laughs> I'm getting a nod, but <laughs> it's what? Like, like, like gymnastics. You got a 10 out of 10. Yeah, a 10 out of 10. Or like she's a dime, she's a 10. So with that said, <laughs> dropping a dime means you've had a perfect game. Ideal, 10 out of 10, wouldn't reconsider any play. That's just, it's a 10 out of 10. You dropped a dime. I, I want to point out, before we give the definition of the term, a perfect game is a term in baseball also, an actual term. <laughs> Sure. So, baseball. <laughs> exactly. You, you came back around. So, what we so the, just learned is that my wife did not, to use her definition, drop a dime on this definition. <laughs> <laughs> this term dropping a dime comes in, I think, primarily basketball when I think of it. And it's, you can use it in football probably also. It's, okay. In basketball, it's where you drop a really nice assist to a teammate. Okay. And so in football, if it's like a deep bomb and it nails the guy in the hands, yeah, it's a, it's a, a dime. That is where the nickname Danny Dimes come from, came from, from Daniel Jones with the New York Giants. Uh, oh I don't gosh. know if that's ironic or not because <laughs> I have not seen that man throw a ball that well to do anything. But I have heard legitimate New York Giants fans say Danny Dimes super happily. So like yep. – I don't know. Maybe they, they haven't had crap to be happy about since their Super Bowl. So okay. maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Let me just throw this out there, though. Okay. It could have been worse. I said dime, perfect. And think, whether it's a perfect play or a perfect game, I think that's not the worst definition I've given yet. I, I think my like, personal favorite. My personal <laughs> favorite has been Charity Stripe. <laughs> My my easily my personal favorite has been Charity Stripe. Chase Stripe is pretty good. <laughs> the half court shot for a twelve <laughs> for year old to make money for for a twelve year old to make money for charity, which was so convoluted. You're basically saying that these they're not going to get any money for the charity. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, no I'm saying, Hey, you know what I'm saying? That twelve year old's going to drop a dime. <laughs> no, <drop> a <laughs> no, you weren't listening. <laughs> It's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pass. It's a pass, woman. It's a pass. <laughs> oh, goodness. Y'all ready to learn where you went wrong this week? Of course. I did not. You did. <laughs> you went wrong, arguably, the most. Probably. <laughs> so starting off, uh, Rutledge Wood, the Top Gear USA TV show, went from 2010 to 2016. So it had a decent run. Heck yes. Great show. Stand by it. Haven't seen the British Top Gear, but I've seen every single episode of American Top Gear. <laughs> you haven't seen the British Top Gear? I've always seen it in clips. I know it's better, though, from the few clips okay, I've seen. Okay, in what world have you watched <laughs> The Floor is Lava, but you haven't seen British Top Gear? Which, it, until... Okay, from here on out, we don't use the term British Top Gear. We use Top <laughs> Gear, top gear. <laughs> and American Top Gear. There is no in-between. Oh, I love American okay. Top Gear. It's I'm goofy. Sorry. It's silly. They try to be serious in season one, and then they just go off the rails and go into their, find their true passion. All right. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find the Netflix numbers, like the official numbers for current date. 
but I do have through 2019, which doesn't help us because Flores Lava was not around in 2019. But I did want to just ask the question of what do you think was the top aired or top streamed Netflix event of 2019? Did Friends come unfortunately, out in Well, unfortunately, Tiger King also wasn't in that year. So we yeah, don't right. have stats for that because I would almost, it's, I would almost make a bet that it's Tiger King. But With I don't quarantine. know if that's, well, we also have to think about the fact that I know it's a huge thing in the U.S., but was it widely streamed? elsewhere whereas these might surprise you i have the top three for netflix up until 2019 let's hear it is kimmy schmidt up there it is not oh no so it's actually it's two uh movies and then one tv show i bet you could guess the tv show it's a netflix original Mm -hmm. then i want to say we're in season three is it ozark no, coming in at number three, we have Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that show I didn't watch, and I catch a lot <laughs> yeah, of crap for it. <laughs> <laughs> so number two, which is a very strange one. Oh, Stranger Things, by the way, had sixty-four million streams okay. up until the end of twenty nineteen. Um, Murder Mystery was number two, which is that I believe it was Adam Sandler and Jen Aniston. Ew. <laughs> It was bad. It was not a good movie. I have not watched it, it, but I've been wanting to watch it. Oh, no. Bailey loves it. So our graphic designer, big fan of Murder Mystery, but she's a big fan of bad movies, and she's not here to defend yeah, that's herself. Not, so. That's pretty much a good Oh, this is the one movie. time she hasn't been here with us. That's what she and now, she can, now she can't defend herself. But it came in with uh, 73 million streams, which wow. just seems like too many. No and then else? the number one up until the end of last year, was Bird Box with 80 million. Oh, I buy that. Mm. I buy that. We were much closer. Yeah, exactly. And now it seems obvious, but yeah. Can we talk talk really fast about just how goofy that movie really was? I mean, now we're living in it, so. (laughs) I mean, we're not allowed to leave the house, sure, but at least I can look out the window. But (laughs) the fact that they used a GPS with blacked out windows to drive to the grocery store is yep. like, I know, I know of all the things I'm reaching for right now for some kind of like realness, this is the dumbest <laughs> thing to reach for, but are you freaking kidding me? Like that wouldn't work like that. I'm sorry. It's a plan, yeah. man. Yeah. Okay. We, um, was that, was that, was Sandra Bullock was in that movie, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Bob, Sandra kind of Bullock answer. with, with her co-stars boy and girl. That's right. Which problematic in 2021 <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> this is also true but also anyway. i said 2021 i'm getting away with that one it's okay i was gonna let you live and assume it will also be problematic in 2021 <laughs> i hope so we all want to forget 2020 as is. yeah i'm kind of living in 2021 now guys like <laughs> this year's been too mean so i'm gonna tell you where greg was right okay and that is that there are 80,000 gallons of lava in the floor is lava wow no one, can see, no one can see me holding my hands up right now, but I'm doing it. Wow. Now I'm going to immediately tell you where Greg was wrong. Yeah, it's fine. It's not hot tub water. It's not water in general, believe Ooh. it or not. Ooh. I have a quote from the producer of Flora's Lava that reads, and I quote, We tasked Hollywood's number one slime manufacturing lab with coming up with the proprietary blend and then ordered more slime than any TV show had ever produced, close to 100,000 gallons. I can't tell you what's in it, but our showrunner, Anthony Carbon, 
always joke that the closest thing to it is Panda Express's orange sauce. So if you can get 100,000 gallons of orange sauce, you can actually try this at home. That is so disgusting. I was hoping it was just water. That makes the falls (laughs) so much worse. It explains some of the slip, too. It does. It always feels like there's more slip than just some water on a surface, you know? Wow. Ah, God, I'm not sure that I want to be on floor's lava anymore, guys. (laughs) I don't like being sticky. (laughs) That's great. That's that's, that's my favorite fact so far. I do also want to bring up that Greg and I had an at-home test for floor's lava. And with, again, me being the fact checker, this is all entirely factual information that is not skewed in one way or the other. Greg landed (laughs) a flat flat foot jump of approximately six feet. I'd say with a couple inches short, he might argue with me. Absolutely not. Meanwhile, I landed a flat foot jump of eight foot three inches. You are wow. unfairly taking advantage of your segment. And nope. just, just like the Google box was dead to me last week, you are now dead to me this week. <laughs> You're stuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, that is unfortunately the end of my Floros Lava segment. But we will move into Cam Newton, who is also one of our favorite topics. Cam Newton won the MVP in 2015, mm-hmm. and the Panthers' defense was number six that year. Hmm, I've been giving them too much credit. <laughs> About <laughs> the Patriots will probably be this year at number six. Accurate, yeah. But they lost to the number one defense in the wow. Broncos. Moving on. Jimmy Clausen, he went to the Bears, not to the Browns. Same thing. Oh. This is why it's <laughs> tough for me to give, be a Bears fan. Can I, can, I, can I quickly say that we just got a double middle finger from the Google box? So, <laughs> man. Oh. All right. I don't know how to pronounce this name, so I'm going to call myself out on it before I screw it up. Hang on. But, I want to I go back real fast and okay. just say that any team that touted Jake Cutler for as long as they did has no reason to brag about your quarterbacks. Now I'm done. <laughs> Again, we're attacking someone who doesn't have a voice. <laughs> Let her live. <laughs> oh, I think I see a chat appearing. Here's oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. Not the quarterback <laughs> team, but not the Browns. All right. I'll give you that. So, so Icaro? Is that wrong? Ichiro. 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 That's, there you go. Okay, so Ichiro is back where he started. He was playing with the Seattle Mariners and is actually still playing. Um, and he oh. did not retire with the Yankees. He played with the Mariners, then the Yankees, then the Marlins, and now he's back with the Mariners again. What? Oh, no. This man is a machine. The Google box. This man is a machine. I still would like wow. to be him however long he's being paid for. I want to see him out on the field earning that money. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to see if we can uh, split up the other couple in the room by the comment that I got from the Google box, which says, David is objectively wrong. College overtime is better. Well, that's another one of these uh, abuse of power scenarios, really. <laughs> it is so hard to find good unpaid labor for this podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, in the NFL, we've been over it. It's, it's, just, it's better. No, it's, it, I don't think anyone agrees with that, but let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final comment I have is on Davidson, uh, Davidson College. Davidson rushed 789 yards, the most ever by an FCS or FBS team in a okay. single game. And then again, comment from the Google box, but still lost against San Diego. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that we as a college 
set an FCS record. Okay. And then lost. That's fine. Oh, that is too funny. (laughs) We're not a football school, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But just to rub salt in the wound, she wanted to make sure you knew that. That's fine. Wow. Like, if you're going to attack me, don't attack me on the easiest one. Like, <laughs> let's just make a 28 to 3 joke and then go home. Like, oh, Lord, <laughs> don't even get us started there. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast. We are out of our league, Opinions from the Bleachers. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please, please, please. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, share with your friends, share with anybody in the world. We are happy to let them hear our bad opinions. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on social media, we are out of our underscore league on both Twitter and Instagram. We have been trying to bully our graphic designer slash art director into running these accounts, and she has not started yet. So if it's not very good, blame her. In fact, hang in there. In fact, what's Bailey's Twitter? <laughs> Bailey's Twitter. It's at J Bailey Tatum, which may be giving up far too much information about her personal identity, but that's what it is. So (laughs) if you don't like what we've been doing on social media, it is J Bailey Tatum's fault. And I encourage you to private message her to tell her why (laughs) this needs to be better. I think you could tweet at her. No no private messages. Yeah. You know, however you need to get a hold of her. public bullying. (laughs) (laughs) Why she's not here to defend herself. Uh, but yeah, that is our show. Thank you all so much for listening. Please come back next week where I'm sure we will talk about something else that we are not qualified to talk about. That's right. <laughs>